Hey everyone, welcome to Hopevale Church's online worship experience. We are so glad that you're here to gather with us today. I'm Jody Quinn and I am one of our kids directors here at Hopevale. And whether you have been with us for a long time or you're new today, thank you. And we're so glad that you're here today. If you're new, we would love for you to head over to hopevale.org forward slash new and scroll down to our connect cards so that we can learn a little bit about you and we can help give you some information so that you can connect with our community and feel at home here. If you are a family, we want you to not forget about our family resources. Go over to our hopevale.org forward slash COVID-19 landing page. That is gonna allow you to find some messages for your kids and your family, some conversation points, and also even some sermon notes that you can print off so that your kids can engage in the message today from Pastor Dan. Happy Mother's Day. We are so glad that today is a day that we get to be thankful for moms, we get to bless moms, and what a year to be doing that. Things are a little bit different, but I am so thankful and blessed, and I know that many of our moms are as well. So before we engage in worship, and before we have an opportunity to hear the message today, let's pray. Lord, you are so very good to us, and thank you that you allow us to worship together with others, even though we're physically not together. God, I'm so thankful for the technology and for the people that are able to allow us to worship in our homes, in our cars, even on walks, Lord. And God, I just invite the Holy Spirit into wherever people are worshiping today. I ask that you help fill us, help nudge us during the message, and help us to grow in that relationship with you. Lord, thank you, and I just pray that as we hear Pastor Dan's message and that we engage in worship, that we just be filled to help us throughout the week. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we head into our message today, let's take a few minutes for us to say Happy Mother's Day to you.
awesome, wasn't it? It's kind of neat being back in church and seeing our friends lead us in worship uh, through powerful moments of song and, and praise. I love that. You know, a few of us were talking last week how cool it was when Carrie and Steve led us in worship, I think the King of Kings uh, last week, and it was just so powerful and seeing people in the congregation worship, it was just like, ugh, we all long for that. We all want to be back in church. I know it's so powerful when we're all together and singing. Uh, and that day will come, friends. It will come. Hang on. I would also like to apologize for uh, my um, lockdown breakdown, maybe, let's call it. I'm just going to keep talking higher because I'm a little embarrassed by it. (laughs) 
so. Um, however, I understand that uh, children and middle-aged men appreciated flip-flops and socks, so that's good. Um, uh, it's, it's healthy. It's appropriate. And um, I'm sorry I'm showing my middle age when I <laughs> have flip-flops and socks on. I may or may not have flip-flops and socks on right now. Pastor Dan had his pajama pants moment. I can have my flip-flops and socks moment. Okay, Pastor Dan? Okay, Pastor Dan? Camera two? Camera one. Okay, we're back. <laughs> and thank you, we're back. <laughs> so, okay, I promise I'm going to grow up. No, I won't. <laughs> so, okay, so, um, so yeah, I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor here. I have no idea why Hopevale brought your some guy who's half nuts, but uh, I'm brokenhearted for all the things of Christ, and so maybe they saw a little bit of hopefulness in me. So, I'm um, glad glad to glad to be with you today, here, friends. Hey, so um, you know that song uh, just saying, uh, you know, Rachel sang those words. I don't want to abuse your grace, God. I need it every day. Uh, it's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. It's so powerful, and I love that so very much. Uh, brought comfort, and it brought some challenge, I think, to me. And, um, you know, if you've been coming to Hopevale for any period of time, you know that I say things, I've said things like that before, like, hey, you know, Sundays are about a lot of things. You can't reduce it to two words, but, you know, coming to church or being in church is like being being comforted and being challenged in our faith. So, um, and being comforted in our circumstances. So, uh, there's uh, something from uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon that I just read uh, like last just like last week, and I thought it would be a very powerful moment for us in worship. It's short. I'll read it twice so you can just meditate on it. And so let's just go kind of go to a place where we can think and meditate on the things of God and Christ for just a moment. Let's read this. I believe the holier a man becomes, the more he mourns over the unholiness which remains in him. Read it again. I believe the holier a man becomes, the more he mourns over the unholiness which remains in him. Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher from the late 1800s. So, in church history and uh, worship history, you know, we can look back and see there was moments in, in liturgies and things like that where um, people had a time of confession and assurance. And there's some churches that still do that, and it's great. Uh, we don't do that very often at Hope Vale, but I think it's important for us to. Um, uh, come before the, uh, stand before a holy God and come before the Lord and confess our sin and to have moments where we're kind of challenged. I think when we come to, um, it, when we're, we bump into the light of who God is, uh, the flashlight kind of turns on and it shows everything. You know, it's, uh, it's beautiful because you're just in this light that your eyes see. But what does God see when he's looking back this way? Does he, things, does he see things that he's proud of? Does he see things that he'd be like, oh, man, let's work on that kid so um let's have some let's work on that kid moments right now i thought it'd be great to provide some of those and um we can be encouraged by these scriptures that you're about to see on the screens and uh, let's just take an opportunity right now to do that in the quietness of this moment wherever you sit or wherever you are listening and worshiping today and may god bring uh, to light some things in your life that um maybe you need to make right uh before him in the silence of these moments Lord, thank you so much for your forgiveness. Thank you that you wash us clean and you purify us as white as snow. And we know it's all because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that we can have forgiveness, forgiveness that you offer. So in our hearts, we stand before a holy God who offers. 
offers us grace that we don't deserve. May we be a people that always say that we don't want to abuse your grace and that we don't deserve it, but we're just grateful for it and that we need it every day. And help us to change to be more like you as much as we're able.
Hey, this is Pastor Dan, and I too want to thank you for joining us for worship today. Uh, now, before I get in, I want to address you, Pastor Billy, and this kind of lockdown meltdown you're going through, right? So flip-flops and socks? Say that five times fast, right? Anyways, hey, I am a middle-aged man, and I want you to know that flip-flops and socks are not my footwear of choice. No, in preaching these days, in my home studio, I am all about these sweet Ugg slippers. I know, I've been rocking these week after week. Pretty Tom Brady of me, right? Anyways, it's not about me. It is about God today. And it is about you moms out there. So I want to wish all of the moms tuning in a happy Mother's Day. And what has to be one of the most unique and certainly most bizarre years ever for us to celebrate moms and who they are and all that they do for us. I mean, for moms, even in normal times, structure and order are hard to come by, aren't they? And yet in this season of stay home and stay safe, it seems like there aren't any rules at all other than just trying to stay sane. That's why I love the realness and the rawness of the humor in that video bumper, because as we've needed to take this global pandemic very seriously, I think one of the keys of making it through is to not take ourselves too seriously. And that's especially too if you're a mom of younger kids. And so like it says at the end of that video, it's been a crazy and challenging few months but more than ever before, we're discovering just how much we appreciate the enduring strength and patience our moms have. So the fact that you are even here, you've made it to church, and you're watching this service, that is already a win. It's already a win. So hats off to you, moms. Happy Mother's Day. Well, because today is Mother's Day, I thought I would take a break from our Encountering Hope series through the Gospel of Mark. And instead, I want to spend some time today to address moms specifically, along with the rest of us generally, in light of this season of lockdown life. Lockdown life and some of the challenges we've been forced to wrestle with spiritually, mentally, relationally. This May 10th, right, Sunday, marks two months to the day when the very first COVID-19 case was reported in the state of Michigan. And ever since then, we have been meeting virtually for worship and distancing socially for everything else. And yes, I know that we're still getting to interact through other means like social media, Zoom calls, drive-bys, and maybe even the occasional distanced meetup and what might be stretching the limits of what's allowed these days. But even still, whether we admit it or not, this kind of overall isolation takes a toll on all of us. It does, because it flies in the face of how our God created us, this triune relational God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He knows that it is not good for any of us to go through life alone. It's not because, you know, when we're alone, it's easy for our minds and our hearts to play tricks on us, right? to distort how we view life in general and how we view ourselves in particular. That's why our need for worship is so crucial in a season like this, because it aligns us with God's timeless truth rather than our own fickle feelings. Now, in these last couple of months, I know I've heard from many of you about how much you miss gathering on Sundays and seeing your church family. And I get that, right? I really do. But today, I want to talk about the other side of that relational equation and the importance of being seen. The importance of being seen and why being noticed by others means so much to us. Because let's face it, I mean, to get brutally honest with you, we are emotional creatures. And to be human in this life means we're all going to have those moments when we feel like we're in the pit of despair. Alone, abandoned, afraid. We're in our fear. We generally wonder, listen up. Am I missed and do I matter? Am I missed and do I matter? In other words, does anybody even notice my existence? 
And does any, anybody even care what I do? Am I making a difference of any kind or am I just fooling myself? Am I just passing time and going through the motions? Am I missed? And do I matter? And living in isolation during this lockdown season can just heighten our vulnerability to fears like those. And I think that is true for all of us, moms and all the rest of us. And yet even in normal times, you know, I think our lives in general and moms in particular can be susceptible to those same kind of fears. Because let's be honest, who really sees the day in, day out work of a mom? Who really notices all the tireless sacrifices, the sleepless nights, the ceaseless prayers, and the constant need of always having to be on, right? That's a mom. And unlike, you know, paid employment with constant feedback, annual reviews, pay raises, and bonuses if we're lucky, with motherhood, well, the days can just blend into the weeks, into the months, and even into the years without ever really knowing if you're really doing it right. And so today, I want to share a story from the Bible about one mom in particular who faced her own struggles with loneliness along with the deep human need to be seen, to be noticed, to be valued. And as we do, my prayer for moms specifically and the rest of us generally is that as we enter into her story, that we would also find hope for our own story and that how God showed up for her, he can also show up for us as well. And he will show up for us as well if we let him. And so our story today is found at the beginning of the Bible in the very first book of the Old Testament, Genesis. Now, this is a book that speaks about the perfection of God's creation, both in our original ancestors and in the world around us, followed shortly by the problem of mankind's rebellion, which spoiled that perfection, which then led to God's plan of redemption to restore us, to restore our world back to himself. Now, in Jesus, what we see in the New Testament is the culmination of that plan of redemption and why we today can be fully restored and reunited with our God by his grace, through our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. But see, before Jesus came and died and rose again for us, God began his plan of redemption a thousand, a couple thousand years before Jesus through one chosen nation, Israel, which started with just one chosen individual, a man by the name of Abraham. Now, when you talk about Abraham like that, you'd probably think he's this incredibly holy person who's nothing like us, right? As we think about all the ways that we messed up and all the ways that we can never quite seem to get it right. But see, here's what I love about the Bible, that the Bible never airbrushes its heroes. It never airbrushes its heroes. In other words, that even with a person like Abraham, who history heralds as a hero of faith, we get to see a guy who's a lot like us. He really is a guy who gives into fear, a guy who shades the truth, a guy who makes selfish choices, and a guy who is impatient with waiting on God's promises and instead takes things into his own hands. And it's all this imperfection that sets the stage for today's story in Genesis chapter 16. So I invite you to join me in Genesis chapter 16, where God has already promised Abraham that he will become a great nation, where his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and where his descendants, this great nation, will not only be blessed by God, but will also be a blessing to the rest of the world. And so the one true faithful God who made that promise to Abraham, it happened. But when you get to Genesis 16, Abraham, who at this point in the story is known as Abram, along with his wife, Sarah, who at this point is known as Sarai, they don't even have one descendant yet, let alone multiple descendants. And so they decide they're not going to wait on God's timing in faith, but rather they're going to come up with their own plan in haste. Maybe you've done that before and you know how it turns out, right? 
Well, let's see how it turns out for them. Genesis chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Verse 2, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. What a sleazeball, right? I mean, he totally takes the hall pass. Now, they didn't play a pray about it, and it's certainly not something God told them to do. But what happens? Sarai's impatient. Abram's passive. So sure enough, that's what happens. And as you can guess, shortly after that, we are told that Abram and Hagar, they conceive a child. And Hagar becomes pregnant. It's what they all wanted, right? So what could possibly go wrong with such an ingenious plan like that? Right? Verse 4. When she, Sarai, knew she, Hagar, was pregnant, she, Sarai, began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. So Abram, being the man that he is, says, well, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she, Hagar, fled from her, Sarai. Now at this point, this is just a flat out mess, right? Sarai's jealous. Abram's in total avoidance mode. And Hagar, who essentially just did what her bosses told her to do, is now pregnant, mistreated, unemployed, and homeless. How did that work out, right? That of the three characters in this story, Hagar is easily the least prestigious, but she also is by far the most honorable. And how did that work out for her? Sarai's cruel, Abram's being weak, and so out of pure mental and emotional survival, Hagar has no choice but to leave. Now talk about feeling alone, right? And so Hagar leaves. She's left to wander in the wilderness without a plan and with no prospects for the future whatsoever. Now, after some time passes, and we don't know how long, but it's certainly long enough for her to reach the point of desperation and hopelessness, right? That she's at the end of her limit, and that's when God shows up. God shows up. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he, this angel of the Lord, said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She is seen. She is found. And she is called by her own name, Hagar. You know, some Bible scholars say that this angel of the Lord here is actually the pre-incarnate Jesus, appearing to her in supernatural form. And whether that's the case or not, we don't know. But this is what we do know, that this rejected, lonesome, wandering soul is not alone. She's not alone. Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered, which, of course, the angel of the Lord already knew. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her, which on the surface doesn't seem all that caring, right? But look at this, verse 10. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. That God has a plan to bring blessing to Hagar out of her misfortune, which is the same God of grace and mercy that can still do that for us today. Bring blessing out, our, of, our, out of our misfortune, right? This God of grace, this God of mercy. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him Ishmael. Look, for the Lord has heard of your misery. 
the Lord has heard of your misery. The name Ishmael literally means God hears. God, a name that would remind Hagar for the rest of her life of the time that the Lord showed up for her at her greatest point of desperation when it felt like the rest of the world had completely abandoned her. Alone, in the desert, sitting by a spring, and God found her. He found her. She was not alone. Now, verse 13, here's the punchline. Look at this. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Can we just pause for a moment and take that in? You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well, this historic well, right, was called Beer Lahai Roy. Beer Lahai Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. The God, the living one who sees me. You know, I've never been in a situation like Hagar's before. Maybe you have. But even though I haven't, I am incredibly moved by this encounter because I know that this is the exact same God that you and I worship today. And so while our circumstances might be different, And while our encounter with God probably isn't going to look the same, you can still be encouraged by this timeless truth, that God sees you in your hardest moments because you matter to him. God sees you in your hardest moments because you matter to him. You do. And so even when it feels like no one else cares, God does. He does because then and now he is the God who sees you. He does. And so after the break, I want to talk more about what this means and why it matters for all of us on this unique Mother's Day during lockdown life. But before we do, we are going to be led in worship by Michelle O'Neill, and she's going to share this wonderful song about the Lord speaking his loving truth into our hearts. Truths like these, right? The song is called, Here's My Heart.
Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Help me to know, just like you did with Hagar, that you see me in my hardest moments because I matter to you. You see me. You see me. You are the God who sees. Listen, you certainly do matter to God. Even if you don't feel it right now, no, God sees you. He loves you. And you are not alone. God sees you in your hardest moments because you matter to him. You really do. See, this is the call to faith for all of us in such a challenging season like we're in right now, a season where none of us are being seen as often or as frequent as we're used to, right? Like I've said at the beginning, you know, this kind of isolation can really mess with us up here, in here. And so my prayer for all of us, for you, is that our faith would overcome our fear and that our hearts would truly believe every hopeful thing that our God has for us. Every hopeful thing. And so on this Mother's Day weekend, on an occasion that is so emotionally complicated, I want to speak to those of you who feel like you're living in your own Hagar-like situation, right? Where you're feeling alone, abandoned, and afraid. So first of all, for those of you who have lost your mom recently, or maybe it was years ago, but you still feel the pain, God sees you, he loves you, and you are not alone. For those of you who don't have the same warm feelings toward your own mom, you know, maybe she was cruel to you like Sarai was to Hagar. You need to know that God sees you, he loves you, and you are not alone. For those of you who long to be a mom yourself, but that hasn't happened for you, maybe you haven't met that right someone to share your life with, or maybe like Sarah, you haven't been able to conceive, or maybe you have suffered the unspeakable heartbreak of a miscarriage. You need to know that God sees you, he loves you, and you are not alone. For those of you who have been blessed with a child or children, yet you find yourself such an emotional mess during this quarantine, right? You're trapped in the nonstop chaos. You're feeling like a failure at every turn. You're you're overwhelmed by all the other have-it-together moms who are posting their perfect lives on social media. You need to know that God sees you. He loves you. And you are not alone. You also need to know that every single thing that you do matters. Every little thing in this calling of motherhood really matters. You might not get a grade or a paycheck or a compliment for your efforts. And you might even be disappointed for how your troops are going to drop the ball this Mother's Day, right? Because it happens. But even in the midst of all that, stay true to your calling. Because everything you do as a mom is what truly matters the most. It really does. And for those of you who are flying solo as single moms, and you're juggling far more than this wimp could ever handle, you need to know that God sees you. He loves you, and you are not alone. Not only that, but some of you, just like Hagar, maybe you were in a situation where the cruelty was so intense that you had no choice but to leave. And yet you've been carrying the blame and the shame of that ever since. Listen, don't let the dysfunction of others define your identity. Can I say that again? Don't let the dysfunction of others define your identity. No, the same God who noticed Hagar and her situation, he also notices your situation and all that you're going through. God sees you. He loves you. And you are not alone. I could keep on going, right? Because there are some of you moms out there, you're sitting on the other side of raising kids where they're all grown up now and for some reason, maybe they don't want anything to do with you. God, like a knife to the heart. And again, like Hagar, the sting of that rejection is just too much to take. 
listen, maybe it's them and their lack of appreciation, or maybe you do have some regrets and you wish you could have done some things differently. But whatever the case may be, this same God of amazing grace and abounding mercy, he is there for you too, right? Because this God, he sees you, he loves you, and you are not alone. And finally, there's the rest of us who two months into this, right, we are just trying to stay sane. You know, it seems like everyone I'm talking to these days is just feeling weary and worn out. It's like we have turned the calendar into May, the weather has gotten nicer, and something inside of us has just snapped like we can't take it anymore. That whatever patience we have left in the well has now run completely dry. Listen, if that's what you've been feeling these days, you need to know you're not alone. No, I think all of us are experiencing something like that, right? But not only that, the God who sees, he also sees you. And just like with Hagar, he's able to sympathize with the struggles of your unique plight and whatever this pandemic has meant for you. Because the ripples have been far-reaching, right? They really have. So for some of you who have suffered economically, maybe the name of God that you really need right now isn't so much El Roy, the God who sees, but rather Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Or maybe you've been afflicted physically or someone you love. Then the name that God has for you is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. See, my point is this, that the God we see in Scripture, the God who shows up for people in their time need, is the exact same God who also shows up for us. He does. And just like we read today, he often does so in the most unexpected times and lowest places of our lives. God sees you. He loves you. And you are not alone. Well, as I begin to wrap up, I want to leave you with two final thoughts, okay? Two final thoughts. One, an encouragement. The other, an assignment. An encouragement and an assignment. And first, let's actually start with the homework. Let me give you an assignment this week, right? That as you leave this service and head into your week, I want you to simply take the time and to make the effort to really notice someone else to really notice someone else. See, I think what really strikes me from our passage today is the powerful simplicity of what it means to be seen. What it means to be seen and what a loving and empowering act that can be. I'm reminded of the saying, right? Maybe you've heard this before, that the opposite of love isn't hate, but rather it's indifference. Indifference and also neglect. I mean, think about it, at least with hate, someone else is getting a rise out of you. But with something like indifference or neglect, that other person doesn't even matter to you at all. And so what scares me about this season of all of us being quarantined is how devastating the loneliness and the isolation can be. I mean, to be totally transparent with you, Kathy and I have certainly had our moments of being trapped with each other under the same roof. It hasn't always been pretty, but at least we're being seen and noticed by each other. But I know there are others of you out there. You're either by yourself or maybe you are surrounded by people but feeling terribly alone. Others who certainly could use a touch from God through us. Use a touch from God through us. See, that's how God usually works. Sure, you've got this incredible story with Hagar, and I do believe that God could still miraculously show up that way if he chooses. But remember, hope has a mission, right? And Jesus came and died and rose again to invite us into that hope and to include us in his mission. So just like we talk about here at Hopewell, We need to start with our core identity of life, capital L, life with Jesus. And this life with Jesus then leads us to life with people, which then propels us to life with purpose. So that out of the overflow of our life with Jesus, Jesus in us, 
loving through us, with other people, sending us on a life of purpose. And so I truly believe, you know, that this unique season, it gives us, as a church, a very special opportunity to genuinely notice those in need around us that God lays on our heart, right? And so to do that, you know what? To notice someone else. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to do something extraordinary. No, this is all you need to do. You just need to open your heart to God, open your eyes to those around you, then open your hands in availability to do, to say, to write, to give whatever God would send to them. You know, this ultimate message through you that he sees them that he loves them, and that they are not alone. Your life with Jesus lived with people on purpose in his mission of hope. So this week, that's your assignment. Notice someone else and let God use you. But then as I close, I I do want to share this one final word of encouragement with you. And that word is simply this, Jesus Jesus. You know, it dawned on me as I was studying this passage that there is another encounter in the Bible, right? That also took place by a well. This too, with a rejected woman who also found hope in the midst of her despair when God saw her and noticed her in the person of Jesus. Pretty cool, right? Now, some of you know the story that I'm talking about. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, where where Jesus, he violates every societal norm as a Jewish man by talking with a divorced and disgraced Samaritan woman who has this scandalous life story. And yet, despite all the obstacles, Jesus still loves her, and so he sees her. He sees her. He sees her deeply, intently, compassionately, so much so that she told others in her hometown that this Jesus knew everything about her. Everything, that's how much he saw her. And so despite her history, despite all the shame and all the guilt that she must have carried, Jesus drew her in and he invited her to worship and to believe in him, that she would experience the source of living water that her searching heart deeply craved because he was the only one who could ever make her whole. This powerful encounter at the well with a God who sees. And so on this Mother's Day, to you moms and to the rest of us, I want you to know that this same Jesus, he also notices you as well. He does. And he invites you to experience this same soul-satisfying living water for yourself. That's who Jesus is, and that's who he wants to be for you. He really does, so be encouraged. Trust fully in Jesus. Keep the faith. And this Mother's Day weekend, never forget that God sees you. He loves you, and you are not alone. Let's pray together. El Roy, the God who sees and the God who sees me, the God who sees us, thank you for your timeless truth that speaks to the deepest places of our longing hearts. Because this day, this lockdown season, this circumstance we find ourselves in, where fear is great, where feelings are frazzled. Thank you that through all the clamor, through all the doubt, you speak your loving words of truth, that you see us, that you love us, and that we are not alone. And God, that you've given us this really wild story about this abandoned and rejected woman named Hagar, who life and society and those closest to her had completely written off. But at her deepest point of need, you met her, you blessed her, and her life was never the same. 
God, there are moms today who need to hear that. All ages, all stages of life. Or there are others, men and women, who have their own complicated, broken feelings about mom. Mourning a loss or feeling confused about some pain in the past. But whatever it is, may you see them. And may you heal them. And may you empower them and give them the strength to go on to keep the faith in the one true living God who is your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, this source of living water that satisfies our soul completely, fully, and forever. And so, God, we need that. And then, Lord, may that spring of living water overflow us into those around us, those in need. And not that we have to save the world, but, God, that you would use us as instruments, channels of your blessing, of your grace, of your to the people around us. So, as those who serve the God who sees, may we see, may we notice those around us this day. God, thank you that you are a God who continues to amaze us. And as we worship you and Jesus, as we follow you, how awesome it is that you keep on getting better. This we pray in the powerful name of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, the God who sees us. Amen. Through the ages, so oh, what a friend of mine.
Wow, what a powerful song. And as Pastor Billy reminded us, God keeps getting better. And it's not because of something that I've done. God is good always. He is faithful always. And I can rest and have hope in knowing that. And it's our prayer that today or this week, you can take something that you've heard from the message or from the worship and be reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus, no matter what our circumstances are. If you're interested in giving to Hopevale, we just wanted to remind you that there's a few ways that you can do that. You can go online to hopevale.org slash give, and it'll walk you through the steps. You can also text Hopevale to 77977. It's also available to give through our Hopevale app if you have that as well. And if you'd like to mail it or drop it off, you can come to our office building at 5360 Shattuck Road, and you can just leave it there for us. I hope that you guys have an amazing week and that we get to see you again next week. See you soon.